Welcome to this episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the kind sponsorship from OwnerRes, providing a powerful and flexible system for managing vacation rental properties. OwnerRes provides booking and maintenance management, payment scheduling and collection, as well as insightful reporting. OwnerRes will provide you with a long-term booking foundation that is scalable for your vacation rental business while fully managing your channel listings, but still focusing on your brand, your website, and your way of doing things. Listen in to the mid-episode break where you will hear more about this internationally recognized leader in vacation rental software. For more information about OwnerRes, click the link in the description of this episode on your smart device. Let's get started. Here is your host, Heather Bayer. Today I'm talking to Kerry Gibson from Chalet Huga in the eastern townships of Quebec. Kerry's properties are all self-owned and managed and she now has six of them and is hugely successful, has a great website and terrific branding and we're going to hear all about it in this episode. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as ever, I am super excited to be back with you once again from very windy Alabama today. If you're watching this in YouTube on the video, you'll see the lake in the background almost got white caps on it. It's only a little lake called Little Lake, but it yes, we've got uh, pretty much white caps on there today and the RV is sort of shaking about a bit. But hopefully I'll stay with you all through this episode. And I'm so happy to come back to interviewing somebody for our successful property manager series, which we started you know, several years ago, but it's been sort of intermittent that every so often I will speak to a property manager, either somebody who's got multiple properties in the hundreds or equally a property manager who owns a handful of their own properties. You know, regardless, you're still property managers, whether you have three or four or three or 400. So I've really enjoyed doing these and haven't been doing enough of them. So you'll hear at the end of this episode where I'm going to be asking for some more case studies like this. And I think after you hear from Kerry and our discussion on the way that she manages the properties, how she introduces the Scandinavian concept of Huga across the branding of all of them, how she creates wonderful experiences for her guests, how the website has evolved to become, and I call it uh, in this interview, a destination site, because I spent ages on it going from page to page and really enjoying it. And I wasn't the site visitor looking to stay at the property. I was exploring it for other purposes, but I became really involved in the site. So it's definitely a good one to take a look at. So without further ado, let's move on over to my interview with Kerry Gibson of Chalet Huga. So I'm super delighted to have with me today Kerry Gibson from Chalet Huga in the eastern townships of Quebec. Always wonderful to talk to another Canadian company. Welcome, Kerry. How great to have you on board here. Thank you, Heather. I am honestly so delighted to have this opportunity. Um, When I started short-term rentals, I didn't know anything about being a host. I knew a lot about being a traveler, but not about being a host. So I just absorbed as much information and knowledge as I could from others. And yours was actually the first podcast I ever started listening to. And it's still on my weekly rotation. And so, yes, you have been one of my mentors from afar. (laughs) And all the people that you've brought on that have just, you know, given me the pieces of information that have built me into, you know, the business that we are today. 
that is so wonderful to hear and and thank you thank you for that you know it's if you've listened to the podcast, you've probably heard me say you know, sometimes I sit here, particularly if I'm doing a solo episode, and think, is anybody out there? So <laughs> it's always good to know that there are real people out there that do listen. So uh, yes, yeah, thank you we for are that. Out here. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your business and, you know, what got you into it? How did you, uh, there's a question I ask of everybody, you know, the sort of origin story. And I love the origin stories that I hear on your podcast and from other areas that come from. And like most new entrants into the STR space, mine was a very winding, not clear path to how I ended up here. I was always a traveler and I actually I was a road warrior for my previous life. And so I knew a lot about traveling and I knew what a good experience looked like for me but I'm actually a trained CPA by education, but spent the majority of my career in technology. So I worked for technology companies that created tax and accounting software for accounting professionals. So I'm a big lover of technology, have always been. And I spent 23 years doing that, a 23-year amazing career that I absolutely loved. I, I am a numbers geek. I love the space. But Working for a large international publicly traded company comes with a lot of the pressures and a lot of, you know, 24-7, nonstop, never taking a moment. So in February of 2017, I just had my moment where I knew it was time. And, you know, I, I gave my resignation. And I can honestly say since that moment, it's been the right decision for me. I've had no regrets, no remorse. And it's really been the right way for me to find the new path in my life. You know, I had spent my years accumulating and honing my business and acumen skills. But yeah, so I resigned in 2017. And at the time we were, I was living full time in uh, Montreal, Quebec. My husband is French Canadian. I'm an American. And he had convinced me that I would enjoy the snow and the charming French accents. So I had moved to Quebec and Canada full time in 2015. So the first thing I did after I resigned was kind of I treated myself and I went to France for three months to learn the French language. Um, being a resident of Quebec, it, I felt it was my social and cultural responsibility to learn it. And it's just a beautiful language. So, you know, I came back after three months of doing that. And I honestly had no idea what I was going to do next. And one idea that Philip and I had for a pet project to keep me, um, you know, occupied while I figure out what came next in my career was to buy another ski chalet in the community we live in because we had gone through a renovation of our own chalet a few years before. And we found we really enjoyed the renovation and design process. And we kind of had a knack for it. So we, where we live is a community of 288 ski chalets. So we're, they're, we're surrounded by them. And so one came up for sale and we purchased our first property in December of 2018 that needed a lot of renovation. And hired a contractor, the one had done our house, and we started working on it. And the uh, there were several opportunities on the plate um, that we considered of whether or not we we're going to flip it. We tinkered mildly with the idea of it being a rental because in the community we're in short-term rental is legal. It comes with it, which is great. And we are in between four ski mountains, four of the biggest ski mountains in Quebec. So we're really, really well positioned. So, so yeah, that was on the plate and I worked on renovating every single day and I started listening to podcasts at the time, um, downloading books on self-improvement, all the things, you know, you go through when you're trying to reorient your career and find what you're going to do. And then in June of 2018, had another opportunity to buy another chalet. It was a little more turnkey. So we went ahead and acquired it. So I had two properties at the time when I was renovating the one that was really just needed some refreshing and then in all of this, my husband changed his job and moved to Vancouver. So I now had what was previously our residence that was now eligible for rental. So I went from zero properties with no experience to three properties on the OTAs in December of 2018. So it was a lot of learning trial by fire, you know, just getting out there and doing it, everything I had learned and I had absorbed um, and creating the listings. Um, I got really lucky along the way while I was doing this. I met um, Danny Papineau, 
who is a STR leader in Quebec. He, his wealth of knowledge is just amazing. He used to do courses. He also now owns We Chalet, which is a rental platform in Quebec. But he also mentored me like one-on-one. So I learned so much from him. So I feel like I had like a really good starting step. But yeah, I, I, I started with the three chalets and we went for it. And at this point, I still wasn't know if I was going back to work or not. And as I three got ready to go on the market or were on the market, I was thinking, okay, now what? And a neighbor approached us and wanted us to sell as his property as well. So that's how we actually ended up buying three, four, or four, five, and six was people approaching us, offering us to sell us their property, needing renovation. And we just kept acquiring them, kept renovating. And then that's how it turned into a full-time job for me was one would finish. And just right as I was finishing or after someone would approach me and ask for another. And then as owner operators of six chalets, with a very small staff, I mean, it was a full-time job for me, a seven-day week. So there, there was no consideration of going back to work. The question was just whether or not it was ever going to actually make money to make it worth the time of what I was doing. Um, so yeah, that's how we got started. So that's such a great story. So you have six properties now? We do. We have six properties. We actually acquired seven, but um, with COVID, we were able to leave uh, the city and live here. And we actually live full-time in number seven. Okay, so so you are you came back. So, so you're not in Vancouver. You're back in uh, in Quebec. Nope. Yes, we came back to Quebec. You know, we're just East Coasters. Our heart is in um, on the East Coast. I grew up on the East Coast in the US, but I I just love Quebec. Um, you know, and so <laughs> I, Vancouver is great. But I always just wanted to be back. So when we got the opportunity for Philip to transfer back to Montreal, we we took it. Okay, so when you're doing these renovations, do you use a formula to fix everything up to to do you do everything along the same lines or or is everyone treated as a completely different project? Oh, my goodness. So the first one that we did, I spent I am not a designer by trade, obviously. Um, I said I had it like I had found that I had a knack for it, but I spent a ton of time on Pinterest, like just looking for design concepts in the UGA Scandinavian concept that I love to see what really, really spoke to me. And that's what I used to design our very first chalet, the one that we renovated, which actually ended up becoming the um, the design uh, and decor concept for all of our chalets. So at the base, they all start with the same when we start to renovate them, that you'll see the same um, paint palettes throughout the same natural wood tones. Um, we like to bring a lot of natural elements out, but we don't have a lot of geometric shapes and a lot of bright colors and patterns. It's all very soothing and simplistic with a lot of windows in the design because while we're in a ski community, a ski chalet, and we have 288 of them here, it was designed starting in the 60s by, by a famous Quebec architect who um, his goal was to preserve nature way before eco was friendly. So the whole development was built with the intention of leaving as many trees and minimizing the roads and everything in it. So it's we're in a very mature forest, which is beautiful. So even though you have neighbors, you're not looking in on each other. You don't see them. They were very genius the way they designed it and positioned it. So really, you feel like you're in nature when you're in them because the fronts of them are all glass. So mm-hmm. we wanted that to be the centerpiece of our design. And it is. So yeah, so we keep the base of simple, clean, neutral colors, um, keeping authentic to it, nothing crazy. And then when we are designing them on decor, they all actually have their own personality. That's where we start to differentiate them. And so that's where we'll bring in, you know, a little more whimsy or pops of color. Um, You know, we have what we call our boho Scandinavian. We have our mid-century modern Scandinavian, you know, our traditional Scandinavian. We even have one that's a, a vintage Quebec Scandinavian. It's a one of the ones that was in better shape and it had the original wood paneling and stuff, then we just couldn't bring ourselves to destroy that. So instead we really embraced, you know, the 1970s Quebec chalet and bringing in the modern amenities and everything, but really embracing the time period on that one. So yeah, uh, when we have a lot of repeat guests. So when they, sometimes they rotate chalets and sometimes we have some that like, Nope, this is my chalet. And they come to the same one every time. But for those that they actually like to rotate because they like to see, but they know at the base what they can expect from a design concept and amenities in all of our chalets. 
It's just the actual, you know, decor experience and inspiration mm-hmm. and like the reading books and stuff you might find design will be a little bit different. Let's come back a bit and talk about the concept of Huga because the company is called Chalet Huga. I yep. did talk to Sarah Sarah Bradford of Sarah and T uh, a couple of years ago, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So because that 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 gives a much lengthier description of what Huga is about. But can you give us the yes. sort of the cliff notes on Huga, and and perhaps give us a couple of examples of how this concept is sort of personified in your properties. Absolutely. So Huga is actually, um, it's originally a Norwegian word, but it has been adopted by the Danish. So the concept of Huga is attributed to the Danish culture um, most of the time. And it's really, you know, uh, the idea of it is a quality of coziness and contentment that comes from being happy, being surrounded by the little things in life that matter the most, like being with your family, your friends, um, you know, a good cup of coffee, you know, a book that warms your soul, but things that just feed into your soul and make you feel calm and content. And they're usually the simple things that we overlook. So the idea is you create Huga by building an environment that accentuates the simple in your life, accentuates light, accentuates nature, and just the quiet moments and who you create them with. So so yeah, um, we had, when we were renovating our house, we redesigned for that because our house at the time when we were both corporate executives was we were so stressed all the time and our home was really our haven when we weren't traveling and wanted to be there. And so at one point we had a friend that said, Oh, you're doing the Huga thing. And I'm like, doing the what? So I read into it and I'm like, Oh, and I learned a lot more about, you know, the design and the simplicity. And I mean, things like throw blankets and the texture of the material, the um, material that you use on throw pillows and couches and all that is really important. So that's where I really started taking it to the next level. And then for Philip's 50th birthday, we went to Norway to go cross-country skiing, which was his dream. And we really got an opportunity to learn more about how the Scandinavian culture has lived. And like just the, I'll borrow a French expression, but le joie de vivre that they have there, the simplicity of life, the happiness they get just from being with their dog on a ski trail or running into a friend, you know, at a coffee shop and hanging out. It's like really something that changed my life when I stopped putting emphasis on the big things to drive my happiness and started looking at the little things and paying attention to when would I just voluntarily smile or when would I feel like I could sit here just a few more minutes and be comfy, you know, and enjoy the moment. And so I really started very proactively thinking about that in my life and introducing those. So then when we started designing the chalets, I designed each one with that intention and tried to think about like, how do I create this, this space where, you know, knowing who our guests are going to be, they'll have kids or they might be here for work. So how do we create the space where they feel inspired to work, but then they can shut the door and they can go relax with the book in front of the fire or have hot chocolate with the kids. Um, You know, so, so yeah, when I'm looking at it, I think about how we can use each space to create a moment of tranquility or happiness or togetherness, depending on mm-hmm. the room. Um, and, you know, uh, we've made ch- design changes throughout. Like sometimes our guests will rearrange things like, you know, just to sit, not major rearranging, but like this chair, instead of being here, they'll put it here. And we've kept some of that because I'll ask them, like, can you tell me about why you rearranged this chair, what you did or you know, how you use the chalet. And it's like, you know what? I used it because blah, 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 blah. And it's like, or I found this was the best spot for me to have my tea in the morning while I was reading the news and, you know, have a moment away from the family. I was like, that's genius. That chair should stay here. (laughs) I can tell it doesn't, you know? So yeah, learning that flow. And we've got, we talk to our guests a lot and I always ask them like, what's missing in the floor? What would you see in the floor that would make it more usable, make you feel more relaxed? So so, yeah. Well, I would encourage everybody that's listening to this to go to chalethuga.com and have a look at the photographs that are on the homepage because they capture that whole concept. Every single photograph, the particular one I, I love is of, uh, is it Marie-Pierre sitting yeah, in the chair Marie-Pierre. with the dog? 
yes. with the with the dog and the fires going and there's books and and it just it just draws you in to that whole idea of what vacation is about and yes. and I think you know take a look at all these pictures I remember years ago we used to say never use people in your photos and and that has that's long gone now because we have to I think we have to use people in the photos to help site visitors imagine how they're going to inspire capture the magic of the place etc yes. there's another photo of of someone just sitting in in a in a robe drinking a cup of coffee you know that's what yes. we all want to do in the morning you want to sit there and wrapped up and have all the cares and worries of work gone away so that sort of takes me to who your target market actually is you know who are you who are you targeting and how do you get them to come to you so yeah i am definitely a believer in knowing your avatar knowing your customer and not trying to be all things to everybody, especially when you have six chalets, there's no way you can be all things to everybody. You just don't have room for them to come. So, um, so yeah, no, but I am a big believer in that. And I am, I think about that very, very clearly. And very often when I'm making decisions about putting myself in the shoes, gas, and the guest shoes, sorry, in the guest shoes and being very intentional. So the most significant thing that all of our guests have in common is, a love of nature and wanting to get away from the fast pace, you know, and they, we have guests that enjoy nature in different ways. I mean, we have our guests that are here to more relax and be meditative and just take a deep breath. And then we also have guests that are here for all of the adrenaline sports that there is. I mean, we're in four season locations. So we have mountains, we have lakes, we have every possible outdoor activity you could imagine year round. So that's the overarching thing is that they just need to be in nature we are not, our properties are not budget, nor are they luxury. I call us elevated accommodations. I know that's one word I still struggle with trying to find, but elevated accommodations out for our guests. The accommodation and the experience of the accommodation is as important as the location and what they're, what they're going to do, the activities. It's part of the experience. Um, they're renting our place because they intend to spend time within the chalet. So, you know, and we were very, um, we're pet friendly, not because we have to be, we've been pet friendly since day one, you know, people like to bring their dogs do outside adventures and people just like to bring their dogs on vacation, their family members. We have two pets ourselves and I hate when I have to make vacation accommodations for them. So, and we are also completely turnkey rentals. So when we, when I furnish it, I make sure that absolutely everything they need from a household experience is there. Like, no, I don't want my guests to worry about, okay, do we need tin foil? How many dishwasher pods are there? Or do we have enough toilet paper? All of that. We call it a complete turnkey rental with higher end amenities. All our furniture is comfortable. We invest in our mattresses, our linens. So our, our guests are as worried about the accommodation as they are the this day and they tend to be you know more financially established you know they're they're professionals or re retirees or they have older kids so yeah that's really who we cater to and when we're going after them and identify we use all of those elements on our website and in our social media so that people can can see exactly who can experience our chalets um and very much our brand is also about everything that's around us. So we're always featuring local businesses and activities to do so people can envision everything that they're going to do when they're at our chalets um, and whether they want to be active or not. But, but yeah, we go up, want nature, their accommodation is important to them. They just want to show up and be on vacation and they don't mind paying a little bit extra to make sure everything is just taken care of. The one thing I particularly loved, I mean, there's a lot I love about your website and it's, it's a real, um, it's, it's something to explore. So often you go to a website and it's just, you know, okay, let's look at the pictures and the amenities and that's it. But this, this is a real, it, it's a destination where they'd like to say destination oh. website. <laughs> and one, of, one of the things I loved, I, I was browsing through it and you talk about the Eastern townships being a culinary paradise Yes. And then you include recipes for things to make 
for, for dishes to make from with ingredients from all the local outlets. So, you know, where you get the cheese from, where you get meat from, where you get quiche dough from. Um, so th this is a recipe for a, qu a quiche Lorraine with brisket and smoked trout and smoked trout, a quiche Lorraine with brisket and a smoked trout quiche. And I, I was just so taken with this that, um, you know, I, I, if, if I was still running my company, I'd be saying, well, we should be doing this. We should be doing this for each, for, for each of our areas is, you know, let's highlight the local retailers. So I, mm -hmm. I love the fact that you, you actually work with your local retailers. You, you, mm -hmm. you make them a part of your business almost. Absolutely. They're a part of the experience of our business. Like when you stay at our Shelley's, you can walk to our little village of Orford and go to most of these places to pick up. And so they are like vacation is the whole entire experience of everything that's wrapped up into it. And I'm so proud of our region and of where I live. And I feel so lucky to live here. And I really think it's something to be experienced for all it is. And these are also small business owners, you know, just like me. And tourism is what our little village is built on. And so mm. supporting each other and referencing each other, um, yeah, only makes us a stronger community and makes it easier for people to come, you know, enjoy everything that we have to offer when they don't have to hunt it down. It's just there at their doorstep, you know, and I, I try to work with local influencers, more like micro influencers, but they're really experts in the region and where we're at, you know, and like the one I created the recipes with, she's an amazing chef, you know, and she's comes in and she, she built, these are her recipes from custom. And, you know, I, I feed her all of the local food suppliers and the new ones. And she just looks at everything they have to offer. And she talks to them and she creates these recipes. And then she cooks them in our chalet and she's sharing them on her stories <laughs> Well, she's doing that and I'm resharing and all the other local businesses that are being tagged that she's tagging are resharing. We're also uh, including in that our local tourism board and our provincial tourism board. And then they're resharing all of this on their stories. So it's just exposure for the whole entire region and everybody profits when when you're such a supportive community. I love it. And I, th I think that's that's what good marketing is about. It's not simply marketing your own property and what you do, but it's it's marketing much wider than that because that ultimately brings everybody back to you. It creates the backlinks and just brings yeah. more and more traffic. The, the more you talk about what's out there in your area and share them, then the more traffic is going to come to you. It's It's just... Absolutely. Um, just the perfect way of, of working. And I'm, I'm so surprised that more people don't do this. I'm going to take a short break here and not to get a message from our sponsor, Onares, but in fact, today we're going to hear from one of their clients. And Bruce Eichelheimer has actually been a guest on the show. And in that episode, he talked about using Onares as his PMS platform. So I was pleased to ask Bruce what he thought about Onares. Hello, my name is Bruce Eichelheimer. I'm the owner of Banjo Vacations. We're a small vacation rental management company in Asheville, North Carolina, currently with eight properties. When I first started getting into this business, we just managed our own property and I knew I needed some help. And I looked to owner Res and their automated messaging and channel management made running my own one property super simple. So simple that I realized that I could easily start adding more properties. And over the years, as I've grown, I've taken advantage of more and more of their services, like using the text messaging. Now that I have owners, I've gotten into property management side, and I absolutely love their owner statements. I'm actively trying to grow my business, and I see OwnerRes as an important partner along the way. When the question's asked on forums, I always recommend OwnerRes. You talked about using Pinterest when you started out. Oh my goodness, yes. Um, do you use Pinterest as, as part of your marketing strategy, <laughs> as, as well as maybe Instagram, et cetera? 
So I have, I do have a business account on Pinterest and it is Shelly's Uga and it has, you know, each of her Shelly's and the inspirations of what I use to decorate each Shelly. I have not gone beyond that. And I really need to, you know, everything I've listened to on marketing podcasts, everyone talks about how much traffic Pinterest generates and drives for them. And I have the content. It exists on my website. You know, I just have to link back to those. It's really on my list of things I need to do. And I'm super interested to do because when I look at, you know, where the traffic is coming from on our website, even though I pay little attention to Pinterest, it still is driving, you know, I I can't remember like five, 7% or something like that. And I'm putting no effort there whatsoever, other than my own inspiration boards when I want to save something or look for the chalet. So it is definitely on my radar. I will say that is one of the challenges because we are small. It is me and my husband joined me full time in uh, February of 2020, right before COVID. That was a little bit of a (laughs) scary few months, but it's me and him. And then we have two, uh, I call them chalet operations staff because they're not just our cleaners. We couldn't do our business without them. So it's just the four of us. And yeah, so um, there's only so many hours in the day, but I have so many dreams. I have a lot list and Pinterest <laughs> is on that list. So long answer, but yet no, but I would love to do more with Pinterest. I, I remember um, Jodie Bourne came on the show a, a while back just to talk about Pinterest. And she really fired me up when she said, Pinterest isn't just, it's not a social media site. It's a search engine. Yeah, is, People go is. onto and Pinterest to search. Yeah. And if you think about yeah. it that way, then then it, it becomes, I think, a little bit more of a motivator to get on there and populate it because it's it's easy enough. And of course, you know, apart from anything else, it's fun. <laughs> it really it is, is fun. fun. Oh, my goodness. It's so addicting. You, and they've got it so well designed. You can just keep rabbit holing on one picture after an article after the other. <laughs> yeah, I- I- exactly. <laughs> so, you know, we, we've talked, talked quite a bit about, you know, brand building here. How do you go about getting your, your brand of Huga across all your platforms, everywhere you market? Is it the one thing that drives your brand marketing? Oh my goodness. One thing that drives, um, I would say, or the one thing that that's a really good question. And I, I am really thinking about that and everything that I do with our marketing, I am constantly putting myself in our guest shoes, mm-hmm. remembering what it was like, like, that's the biggest thing I am a big believer in. You take care of people and that doesn't mean you get run over like a, a doormat, but you take care of people and do it in the right way and things come back. And so when I, with the concept of Uga and leaning into it, it's something that um, I really believe in. And I really wish for everybody to experience and have in their life. So I feel that when you are connected with your why and you're authentic in your why. And it's not just a name or a phrase or something you pick that you really lean into. I really feel that comes across when you're communicating, whether it's on your website or on Instagram, but your passion, your belief, your desire of that for others. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that I'm a huge lover of, of Simon Siniak's Know Your Why. And I really learned that hospitality aligned with my why and that it just filled my cup. And I do believe because of that and because I'm people first and I'm always thinking about what would our guests want? What would they need? What would I think that comes across in all of our marketing? And I think that draws people to us on social, draws our market to us um, because, you know, people say they've comments in our guest books and whatnot that I love so much. I read every single one of them. That's like, we didn't get the chance to meet Carrie in person, but I feel like from the time I found her Instagram that I found a new friend, you know, and that, you know, that she knew what I wanted before I even stepped foot in here. So I think the biggest thing that probably drives our marketing, and thank you for making me think of this, is but our authenticity and our desire to really share that with people and putting our guests at the forefront of every decision and not just saying that, but truly putting our guests at the forefront of every decision. And I find my content comes to me more easily when I do that. And it's not forced. Like I don't just post on social, like 
generic quotes and phrases that I found, you know, from Googling. Um, I, I try to put something that, that's real and authentic and either just something maybe a little bit inspirational, but also what I was doing when this was taken or what I was thinking when we did this or, you know, just just try to let people in on on, you know, what's going on and why we make the decisions we make and why our brand is here. I spend a lot of time on your site going through all the testimonials. And I'm sure, as you say, you you just said that, that you you read every single one of them. And, you know, just and because I, I always think there's so, such value in these for somebody else, for somebody who is, is trying to get into this business, perhaps, and is not quite sure what to do. Then just go and read the testimonials of a very successful host. And, mm-hmm. and you'll find out, you know, if, you, if your target market is similar, you find out what they want. I really couldn't pick out any particular one, except I, th- I think there, w- there was one here that, that, that really encompassed every other one. And it said the Denmark Chalet was fantastic for our family of five. The communication and kindness of the hosts was evident from the very first moment through emails, a welcome gift and suggestions for local activities. The home was perfect. And then she goes on to talk about neighborhood and whatever, but that, you know, that says so much of what you do that, that I'm no doubt drives your success. And it's something that, um, that Tyan Marsink talks about a lot is, is this communication with guests prior to them arriving Mm -hmm. This communication that says you're coming to my place I love it here. I want to share what I love with yeah. you before you get here, not for you to arrive and just look at a few brochures and decide what to do. So I just like to ask, you know, what do you do between that time of somebody booking and them arriving? What is your flow? Sure. And actually, after your podcast though, with Tyann, not too long ago, I actually would like to add a few more. Um, I got very inspired by some that were on there, but absolutely. So when our, our guest books, um, the first thing, you know, we they get the thank you for booking and welcoming, We you know, here are some basic things to know, like, you know, just get ready. Here's the address of the property. Here's check in and check out to help you with your pre-planning. And also I do accent and always draw because the tranquility and the quality of life in our neighborhood is very important to me because we do have a mixture, making sure that they have read and acknowledged the rules, read the rules and telling them if you're not comfortable with this at any time, it's very important to us. It's the right place for you to say, please let us know so we can go ahead, you know, and help you find another place that suits, you know, your needs. And I've had people appreciate that. So very much, but just re-emphasizing. And then we tell them a little bit about the history of our community, how it came to be, the significant geographical locations near us, the the hiking, the bike, the bike trails, the and then we go into a little more of if you would like to know more about uh, outdoor activities, click this link and then it takes them to a part of our mm-hmm. website on that. If you would like to know more about restaurants, here's our favorites. So uh, so yeah, they'll get that one. And that's right after. And then most of our guests, because we're a drive-to location for 50% of our guests are local, like Montreal, Quebec City. So our reservations typically are, you know, like one to two months out. We were not booked way, way, way in advance. And I actually like it that way because especially the past few years, we were able to, we were positioned more to respond to what was going on in the market because we weren't already booked six months out um, and uh, had a lot, had a lot to figure out. But uh, so then um, two weeks before their arrival, we'll send them another one saying, Hey, your vacation day is coming up. Just a reminder, we're going to send you everything you need to know about check-in. Here's the address. You'll get your personal code um, and all the details of the Shelley, like your Wi-Fi code, et cetera. Here are a list of things to do, you know, leaning them back to that. And we always point them to our Instagram. And oh, another thing I didn't mention there, we try to get them to sign up for our email list because we do a once a month newsletter that features something about the chalets, a renovation we've done, a change we've made, a local business and what they do and an activity, a seasonal activity. So, so we try to encourage them to sign up for our newsletter then so that they can see. And sometimes we're able to work. Like we have some lavender fields that are about five kilometers away. We get discounts for our guests, you know, at those for stays. Um, so, yeah. So, um, 
So it's every way we're trying to get them in and then lead. And then following our Instagram is not only good for, you know, just having followers is always great and seeing our pictures, but we're constantly posting on stories as we do stuff. And as our guests do stuff and tag us of like up to the moment, things that you can be doing right now. Um, you know, Hey, we're apple picking the apple picking orchards are open. Hey, it's the wine festival. There's the stomping of the grapes. So, um, so it's not just the formal communication, but we have the mass communication that goes out. And then the week before they get everything that they need for checking in any questions, you know, and our, Guests are always free to ask us questions. Most guests have my personal cell phone and text us. And then the day they check in, we just at about 8 p.m. Is there anything you need? And, you know, it's anything that hasn't met your expectation. And then uh, we, unless they want something, they don't hear from us again until the night before departure. And it's just their reminder and reminder check out. And then two days after a thank you for staying. We hope you took a bit of Uga home with you and, you know, like all small businesses, we depend on reviews and the links to all the places that they can leave us a review. That's terrific. And it's, uh, you know, that, that that is such a great workflow. We're sort of getting to towards the end here. And I want to I want to just find out what's in your tech stack, because that's, you know, oh. everybody wants to know what everybody else is using. So oh my <laughs> can, you, can you share what you use and what you find most useful? Yes, I am a technology junkie. Having been in, I am not an actual programmer or developer, but I worked in the technology industry and I love it. And I would love what it does for uh, for running a business. So um, I knew as soon as the business was going to be something that I wanted independence. Um, I did not want to rely on the OTAs. I'm a big believer on, you know, the old saying of don't build your house on someone else's land. The OTAs are a business and it's their right to completely be in business and run their business the way that makes sense for them and their shareholders, et cetera, whoever they answer to. But that does not always align, especially with us as small businesses of who we want to be. And we need to remember they're just a marketing platform. They're not, they, they are not our business. You know, so if you're a professional host, I think having a direct book, uh, book site is absolutely imperative. And so in 2019, when I saw, okay, this is going to go somewhere, I need to own my guests, I need to own my guest experience, I need to be the one making decisions for my guests, I started looking to buy a website. And um, I'm a I'm a very a type A personality, I had my requirements spreadsheet list, wrote everything down, had demo calls with all the vendors. And at the time, I ended up going with Logify, who's the hub of our business, who I absolutely love. It was the right decision. The reason they're primary, they started out as website, but the reason I ended up going with them is because I saw their ability to grow with our business. At the time, they allowed me to build a build a very simplistic website that was basically listing of our properties and a method to pay. Right. I hadn't built a social media presence is basically for return guests. So everything I do now needs to work in some way with Logify to integrate and make my life much easier. So I use Logify for our website, our PMS, our CMS and our operations checklists and guest management post booking. So automation of all the messages, the outreaches, um, those things. And then I use we use Zapier to connect a lot of our um, our things to get to automate things like especially where we use Zapier the most is to automate between QuickBooks and Logify and to automate between uh, Logify and Google Calendar because we do still use Google Calendar to manage our team's activities which is one thing I would like to move away from, but um, that is one thing we use right now. We use Excel also a lot. We generate our own KPIs. So I'm a financials geek and numbers. So Philip extracts everything from Logify and QuickBooks and has built an amazing KPI dashboard for me that's automated. Others that we use, um, we use NoiseAware for noise um, detection, which honestly, one thing that scared me when I first started hosting was uh, you hear all these horror stories for years. We've never had one horror story. I don't know if we have dream gas or what, but we have some that are messier than others. But uh, And then we use Blink for our cameras, the Amazon Blink, and that's able to connect into our tech stack in the Google Home. We MailChimp for our newsletter, of course. Um, and WhatsApp we use for our team communication. And then Philip would kill me if I didn't say this, but chat GPT is our newest because it's, <laughs> <only> <laughs> us. 
<laughs> it's actually an amazing tool and it is helping us figure out how we can make them better because we do use remote lock who is a wonderful company and we're able to control everything from it but it is not integrated with logify and i don't know that that's going to happen anytime soon just based off priorities uh that both companies have but he is able to find out from ChatGPT how he can use uh, Zapier to integrate Remote Lock and Logify, which will be great. But I have a ton of interest in adding technology. This year, um, revenue management is one that we are most definitely going to be adding. In fact, we're going to add it this month. We played around with it last year, but uh, just ran out of time to actually implement it. And I'm not going to lie. I have the, you know, the fear <laughs> Even though I know it doesn't exist and these things are smarter than us, I've still spent a lot of time understanding the market and knowing the pricing and exactly where we should be positioned. But I know I'm missing out on the everyday ebbs and flows. So we'll be doing that. I'm You have me 100% convinced that I have got to get my digital guest guidebook up. And oh, up. absolutely. <laughs> yes. So touch stay for that. So for sure, um, I'd already done a demo with them last year and I actually started building it out but they're going to be integrated with Logify soon. So we'll absolutely be doing that. <laughs> One thing I want to do is beef up our guest letter. So I'll probably be looking at a Stayfy to help capture more emails <laughs> of people as they are in. Um, really trying to find ways to beef up our email list because right now we have 600 subscribers. Um, you know, not, it's a good start, but not, a, you know, I, I do want to grow that because that is our best way to reach return guests. And I would love to have a content planning tool because managing the marketing and the messaging and you know you can reuse content absolutely but you know you have to tweak it for instagram you have to tweak it for facebook you have to tweak it for your website so even if it's the same photo it needs to say something a little bit different the content i would love to have a content planning tool where i can just sit down one day a month ideally but and just you know plan it out so it's uh, there because right now it is, takes up so much of my time. Probably 70% mm -hmm. of my time is spent on marketing. And I'm also looking at um, Breezeway for operations management. Yeah, so, yeah um, a lot of tech on I've, the horizon for us. I've mentioned Breezeway a lot. I mean, we didn't employ their, their work services sort of management system, but, uh, but we did the text messaging yes. side of it. And yes. it, that, that, was revolu that, that revolutionized what we did emails that you might not pick up in time yeah um so yeah text messaging was was great of course touch day okay. have uh, you know moving towards two-way messaging uh, they've got an api with with logify they'll have the tech the two-way text messaging as well so anyhow amazing. kerry this this has been just a great conversation i know we could go on and on i'm quite sure <laughs> you've fired up the desire in me to come to the eastern townships because i mean when when we when i started cottage link rental management we used to manage properties in quebec as well um okay. we had them we had them up in we had them in the laurentians you know up as far up as far as tromblon actually okay and we constantly had people saying you know i'm in quebec can you manage our property we we pulled it back <laughs> a couple of years ago because you know we we visited every property so it was you know yeah it was it was a little bit more challenging <laughs> to to get out there but i have not been to the eastern township so i will have to make a trip out there at some point maybe we can meet face to face i would absolutely uh be delighted to have you come and stay and yeah we've joined uh vrma so I'm very excited about that. So we have not been to any of the conferences, you know, so far, but this year I plan to go to two to three of them. I'm really excited about that. Oh, yeah. Yes, we'd, de we'd definitely do that. I mean, I, I always said it, the, the educational aspect is great. The networking is great, but I just loved the exhibition hall. There was just so much stuff. It was it was my it was my version of binge shopping. <laughs> right. Yes. I'm sure I'm gonna love it too with yeah, all of the technology and seeing what's new and great and out there. Yeah, yeah that's just yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thank you, thank you so much for for for, for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure absolutely. having you on the show. Thank you. I absolutely loved being here, and you're right. I could talk to you forever, but thank you very much for allowing me to participate. Thank you so much, Kerry Gibson, for joining me. That was such a super conversation. I could have gone on and on and on, asked so many more questions. Please go visit 
Kerry's website, shalethuga.com. That's C-H-A-L-E-T-H-Y-G-G-E dot com. And you can find a link in the show notes. As I said in our conversation, her website is a destination. And I think if that's anybody's goal is to really do something better with their website, take a look at this one. It, it really personifies what a good direct booking website is, is all about. Yeah, go explore it. Read the reviews read the location segments and you'll get a ton of ideas on how to make your own website even better. Okay, so as I mentioned right at the very beginning, I didn't know anything about Kerry or Shally Hooger until Kerry sent me a message in response to my request for sort of potential case studies on branding. And I spent time going through her website and decided that it would be great to bring her onto the show. So if anybody out there would like to do the same, if if you feel that you're unique in, in any way, if you have a great website that you'd like to share with a lot of people, then please get in touch with me at Heather at Vacation Rental Formula dot com and I'll be in touch with you. The audience, you, the audience generally love these case studies because hearing about how other people do it and how other people are successful is just, you know, it's another tool in your toolbox to promote your own business and make your property or your property management company even more successful. So yeah, I you know, always love to hear from my audience. So if you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to leave me a great review, then please do so. Mostly they go onto iTunes, but uh, whatever method that you use to consume your podcasts, you could probably review it on there as well. So always love to see those reviews just the same way as you like to see the reviews about your properties. It's been a pleasure being with you. I am continuing to enjoy my time down here in Alabama. Even though if you watch, actually watch a video of this episode, you will you will see a little bit of shaking in the video. And it wasn't me shaking. It was the whole RV shaking as we've got some very high winds out there at the moment. So, yeah, it's it, it wasn't me shaking my head. It was just some other trembling going on around me. Thank you very much for being with me. Can't wait to do this all over again next week. And I will be with you then. This episode was brought to you by OwnerRes. For more information about this internationally recognized leader in vacation rental software, click the link in the description of this episode on your smart device or head over to vacationrentalformula.com forward slash OwnerRes to find out more. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you and I look forward to being with you again next week.